back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where I bring on two guests to read a book suggested by one of the guests. This week I am joined by Alicia Harder and Heather Webb, and we read Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hell House at Alicia's suggestion, which seemed perfect for our, our Halloween episode. I yeah. Think this comes out like right before. So, uh, Alicia, why did you suggest this book? Um, Shirley Jackson's, like, one of my favorite authors of all time, and, uh, um, I'm sorry, for some reason I keep thinking we've always lived in the castle, that's a different Shirley Jackson (laughs) book, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, which is what we read, um, is just, I think, awesome. Um, also, I'm a huge horror movie buff, and, like, that's the book that's not, like, the original, but it's definitely very iconic to, like, the whole haunted house genre of, uh, movies, there's a whole bunch of them, they're, I enjoy them all. Um, yeah, I actually I just, she's a really amazing author. Like I think the opening paragraph to this book might be the best opening paragraph of all literature. I definitely agree. She's um I read this I think 7 years ago and could not believe I had not read it sooner mm-hmm. in life. It is just beautifully written. Um Heather, what did you think of the book? Yeah. It was so good. It was super <laughs> creepy. Um, and just like really unsettling and I can't believe I haven't read it before uh, because I'm also like a huge horror movie buff so it was like surprising that it hasn't been like on my radar until now so real talk did both of you watch the 1999 version before ever reading this yes um I know but I've actually seen the is it 1963 I think so it's definitely early 60s yeah I think it's the 1963 the haunting that one I have seen I've kind of been there's a there's a whole genre of like uh older or uh, more recent remakes of like horror films I kind of ignore like I haven't seen the Cat People remake but the 1942 <laughs> Cat People is like one of my favorite movies. Understandable. So, yeah. Um, well, speaking of, they are actually I, we were talking about this before. They are remaking mm-hmm. this into a TV series on Netflix. Oh, so, they are. I didn't know yeah. that. It is. Yeah. Uh, I actually it was I was googling to make sure I had notes up and. Uh, it was one of the first news leaks that popped up. So apparently it's going to be a 10 episode straight series, modern reimagination. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because oh, I the 90s version is so bad. But that's, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm into that. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be modern. I, and yeah, you mentioning it before we started recording was the first time I heard of that, but yeah. Um, it looks like the day that did Ouija and Hush. I did like Hush. Oh my god. That's yeah, gonna Hush be Hush really is like good. a solid horror movie, I guess. Um I don't think honestly, I love the book so much, and this is one of the few and normally I'm like really, really pro movie adaptations and all of that. And like I'm glad the haunting exists. The haunting is a but the problem is, I feel like all the movies, even the original Haunting, veers so much into, like, camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I do that. not think the book, the original books can't be. I think the original book's legitimately freaky and all of this stuff. It and, is. Um, it... I don't think film really captures it well. I'm not entirely sure a film could. It It's so set in, is the main character going crazy... Mm-hmm. Or is the house possessing her that, like, I don't think it can be done without camp. But then again, if we've had such a good run of horror movies in the past year, it might, or I guess a couple years, yeah, it might be possible. So, um, a real quick summary of this book um, oh, is yeah. basically Dr. Montague is a um, paranormal psychologist and is looking for... Um, evidence of an actual haunting hears about Hill House and invites actually invites a bunch of people but three people uh, RSVP I guess to come mm-hmm. to this haunted house and see if they can um, experience a haunting um, both Theo and Nell have backgrounds yeah. with something supernatural while Luke the third person is just the heir and they won't let people in without the heir um, mm-hmm. And then the book, or novella, I guess this is, uh, is a question of, is the house haunting, or is the main character, Eleanor, crazy? So, um, I just lost completely my train of thought. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's a weird. I really enjoy the book though. Um, I think it, I'm also like a longtime sucker for uh, any kind of haunt. Are not like haunted weird house things. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy a lot. Um, I haven't actually. I have the hardest time getting through House of Leaves mostly because it's really, really, really long. But conceptually, I think it's really cool. Or yeah, like this, which is just all about like houses as antagonists is a thing I find really interesting because it's like where you live. <laughs> exactly, it should be really your dumb. it but, should be your yeah. safe haven, but yet yeah. Um, Especially in this, um, oh, I should have a copy of the book. Aha! I actually do by the side of my bed have a copy of the book. <laughs> um, there is a, a the line where she's talking about like the house is just built wrong. Yes. I just think it's like really, like it's just wrong. I think it's just, she does a really good job of kind of conveying that wrongness. I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, I like the comparison to the Winchester House, mm-hmm. um, which is an actual real uh, weird house. I don't know if it's an actually real haunted house yeah. to each his own. I believe in it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heather, your other book club was reading this, right? Yes, um, so I'm in, it's called the St. Louis Feminist Literary Society. There's, like, chapters in a couple of different bigger cities, I think. And so this was the pick for our book club this month as well. Oh, cool. What was the uh, feminist reason behind that? Um, I think it was because Shirley Jackson is, like, uh, the creator of, like, uh, not the creator, but, like, a woman horror writer and there's not a lot of them agreed mm-hmm. and so yeah it was really interesting to like get together and talk about that with other women and also I just thought it was it's so focused on Eleanor and like her mental state which was really interesting I thought like a way to frame the book mm-hmm. if that makes sense uh definitely I think it's I, I mean I don't I think you can definitely take a very feminist take on this book very easily that came out mm-hmm. with a lot of varies in it um <laughs> it, it, it can definitely be read as a horror book on oppression mm-hmm. um both yeah. you know sexually and mental and physical i mean eleanor's probably repressed in every way imaginable mm-hmm. um i did know so this wasn't my first time through um when I watched the movie, which I'm trying to remember which, if I watched the 60 movie before I read the book, um, there was definitely a, a, a bisexual or lesbian like line underneath the movie. I didn't get it this time from the book. Um, oh, really? I, and I think it, well, I, oh, sorry, I didn't get it from Theo this time around. I got it oh. going towards Eleanor towards Theo. As with yeah. the movie, I always take it as Theo towards Eleanor. Oh, well, that's um, really funny, because I was going to talk about one of the things I really enjoy this book is, uh, alright, so I'm, I'm gay. Um, I really um, am a sucker. I know it's a bad trope, but, like, any kind of predatory <laughs> lesbian character, I'm, like, super, like, I just I just think they're delightful. I mean, it's horrible. We should have more well-rounded uh, figures in the world, but it's as far as, like, old-timey tropes that should stay in the past, uh, that's one that I really adore. Um, and I agree the book kind of does a turn because it originally opens up with like, um, sorry, my, uh, computer. Oh, hi. Okay. So recording and all that. Um, my like screen just went blank for a second. I'm a little bit, anyway. Um, that's okay. But everything's still alive and all that. Um, okay. Anyway, as I was saying, oh, because the book opens up with Theo agreeing to do this because she got in a fight with her roommate. Yes. It is. And, like, that, that is, like, so, it's, like, so obvious to me that that's her girlfriend. Yeah, especially, <laughs> I think it also ends with Molly was really glad she was back or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's her girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I do, uh, but then it's kind of does a weird turn where, yeah, Nell, I think, very much gets into um, Theo, and I think Theo very much doesn't reciprocate it and kind of has, maybe kind of has a thing with, um, sorry, is it Luke? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's uh, my, he he and Dr. Botsuki are the people I pay the least attention to <laughs> in this entire thing. Um, but uh, she kind of, sort of, 
like. But because it's from Nell's perspective, you know, it's not entirely clear what's going, or it's kind of from her perspective. I don't know. Um, But that felt a little like, oh, we made this really obvious gay character, like, let's, like, not actually have her be gay kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But, so, yeah, I think it's interesting to pick pick up on that in the book. But it is really, the movies, I think in all of its adaptations, all of it hit that really hard. Yes, definitely. I mean, the 90s version, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Theo, and I think straight up is like, my name is Theo, and I'm bisexual. Like, (laughs) there's no question. Um, As where the 60s, actually, it's really funny. I remember watching the 60s the first time um, with my mom, and we were both like, how did we never pick up on this? And then, like, text my grandmother, who was like, what are you talking about? Like, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, so, Heather, what do you think? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm so quiet. I'm just listening You're fine. to you guys. No, um, yeah. I haven't seen the 1960s version of the movie, only the 90s one, which I'm oh, assuming wow. is the worst one. <laughs> yes, it is definitely <laughs> an interesting yeah. Despite I remember seeing very it like school or whenever it came out, like I went to the theater and saw it. So when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, this is completely different from that movie. <laughs> like, it's not at all the same. Yes, it's very yeah. clear in the movie that uh, the house is haunted. As were this, I'm still not sure. Yeah, and I think the 1960 version, they kind of play it a little bit more vague. You definitely see some weird stuff, but they do a lot more like messing around with shadows and stuff. Yes. And it's like, yeah, um... It's black and white, too, if I remember correctly, right? It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, my main... So I actually haven't seen... I saw the movie in high school with my friends, because my friends thought it was, like, a big joke. The, uh... And I didn't realize... It's basically close to, identi- like, identical quoting her from the, uh, book. But the, um, like, groundskeeper's wife, the woman, <laughs> Mrs. Dudley, is that her name? Yeah. I, I think, think so, Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she, in the movie, the actor who plays her is, like, all in on, like, the, in the dark, in the night, and, like, that's still to this day, like, my one big memory from that, and I think there was, like, a spooky kind of statue theme. I have not seen this movie since high school. Yeah. And, like, the big finale, um, where Eleanor crashes into a tree. I don't know if we're doing spoilers. I guess oh, yeah. Not. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, but this book yeah. came out in 1959. If you have not yeah, read it, yeah. it's a whopping... Also, like, I'm sure you've seen one of the... Because, like, on top of the formal adaptations, which are these ones, there's kind of been a ton of really... I've been trying to remember the name. There's, like, a British one from, like, the 70s. We were talking super about... campy and, like, oh. has, like, a whole site Like, really hits the science part of it. And, like, is very much, like, in that DNA... So they're less, like, formal, like, this is an adaptation, but I feel like they're all very similar and have very much the same DNA. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what the 70s one is, and that's going to bother me now. It's rich. And actually, the ending is completely different now that I think about it, because that one, they, like, I want, is it Vincent Price in it? He might be in that He's one. in everything. Yeah. He's in everything yeah. old school for. Yeah, but um, that one, it's, like, uh old man like built a basically (laughs) Faraday cage for his corpse that like channels psychic energy and that's what's like haunting the house but it it is very it is very much like the team of you know five which I guess in this there's four but you know team of five and you kind of have like each of them ticking different boxes and like the doctor character who brings them all together um Um, speaking of I mm want to talk about the wife because I always forget the wife exists um because she's not in either movie yeah and she is kind of wonderfully obnoxious (laughs) it's funny uh because i feel like whenever i hit her in the book and i like reread this book fairly regularly because i really like it um whenever (laughs) i hit her like when she comes in i'm always like oh now we're kind of in like the part where it drags a little (laughs) it does drag a little um until like you hit the big ending part but yeah 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 like they could have introduced her sooner or almost completely left her out Mm -hmm. but i think she adds more to the is it real or not oh yeah and i really like her as a character and like i 
I like what she does, I think, ultimately to the book. And, like, overall, I think this book's amazing. But if I have one kind of complaint, <laughs> it's, like, when she kind of shows up, like, is like, maybe two-thirds. So, like, you know, yeah. you're kind of in it. And, like, she shows up. I do think it's kind of cool because it breaks the tension in a major way. It does. Because before she shows up, it's, like, you're just, like, in this, like, you know, <laughs> haunted house where none of the doors can open right and, like, weird towers and all of that. Um, so that, I think, is pretty cool. Like, I do think it's it's nice to have her break the tension and, like, she's so not scared. I mean, she's, I think she's a little bit scary because she's, like, intense. I don't know if she's, intense is the right word. No, she's very intense. She's very yeah. set in how she wants things done. And then she has her man friend, for lack of a better term, Arthur, <laughs> who I'm still not sure what that relationship is. Yeah, right? Like, because she's married to the doctor, mm-hmm. but Arthur's the one that brings her up. And, like, basically she's like, give me the most haunted room. I'm going to stay there. Arthur will stay in the next room over. But it's not, like, implied that they're having an affair or anything it's just like this very weird friendship i think she said yeah. like, oh, he drove me here because i don't like to drive myself so it was like right. that was yeah. the only like reason for him being there which is really strange yeah, yeah. but then it was like he obviously comes frequently because you know he's not weirded out by it and she does mm-hmm. the plan chat with him and sorry hang on Charlie, stop no worries my dog has decided that a pillow is where he's going to bury something. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot of characters, except for... Yeah. And then there's the house. It's kind of a big character. Yeah. Um, I always forget that it's also in summer, too. Yeah, which I, I also... I don't know. I, I think that's also part of why I like this. I really love... Um, I mean, right, we, were, we were talking a little bit before we talked about uh, before we started. So like, I'm like a huge Agatha Christie fan also, and I feel like a lot of her stuff always is like, oh, like nice group of small people going to like you know a small isolated ha- or like you know it's not isolated intentionally. It's always like a nice summer house or whatever, and then oh no, someone dies, and I kind <laughs> of feel like this is kind of really similar where like because Eleanor on her drive up I mean she's like oh this is going to be an adventure and all that but it's also a little bit just like it's going to be a new thing I don't know um I kind of like the 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 fact that yeah it doesn't take place during the traditionally like spooky time (laughs) yeah because it's middle of summer she fights with her sister about the car that they both Mm -hmm. own um which still angers me every time I read that scene um, oh, her sister is so awful. Just stru- yeah, just awful. Um, and uh, they're going on summer vacation and still have not gone. Like this entire book takes place over what three days, maybe four. It something like it's really yeah, it's really quick. Um, I think like a week at the maximum. But yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, like I don't know. The summer is definitely not my traditional scary time. Yeah. Um, as we're like, now my apartment's really creepy because it's half in shadow constantly. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because summer, like, it gets, like, it stays light so late, so it's not like that. It's not like you have, like, the creepy, you know, it gets dark so early or, like, dead leaves, you know, like, the leaves are falling and it's, like, cold and windy and things. Exactly. Summer's not, yeah, not, I mean, if, I guess if someone finds summer spooky, uh, more power to them, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. Uh, Heather, is this your first uh, Shirley Jackson book? Um, I've read The Lottery, too. Okay. But that's it, so oh. I kind of want to read more. Um, I definitely have a collection of her ebooks that, or if you're an ebook reader, I would be happy to pass mm-hmm. them on. Because um, she's just wonderful. I love this book so much. Yeah. Um, it. it was so easy to read, too, for a book. Like, sometimes older books can be harder to get into and read. And this one was so easy oh, yeah. to get into. Like, I was hooked immediately. I read it in, like, one afternoon. Yeah, it's especially the... Occasionally the dialogue is a little light, and it's very heavy on detail um, yeah. in order, you know, to give it the more gothic setting. Which, most of the times, yeah, that kind of book, I'm immediately like, and I'm done. But... Mm-hmm. It hooks. I mean, I think I, I actually did this on audiobook and could not turn it off today. Oh, did you listen to the, uh, sorry, to, to Buzz Market Audible, I guess, 
the I forget there's one woman who reads uh, a lot does like a lot of Shirley Jackson audiobooks um, um, so she does this one and she has done We Have Always Lived in the Castle and I listen to both of them on audiobooks and they're amazing <laughs> I'm gonna have to find that I actually had a British guy I'm not entirely sure who read okay this okay sorry there's um, a there's a like, there's like a I, she sounds she sounds like I might she might not be she sounds like an older woman and like I like that I just feel like she does a very good job of being kind of like uh, kind and not really distracting and like she just I don't know she's a very engaging reader which as someone who uh, my ability to engage with audiobooks is entirely dependent on how like the person reading it is yeah I picked her a lot this one his voice was fine it was um, every time something spooky happened there was a noise oh. so I was like that's a little weird but it was also I, I like that that's a little over the top it was a little over the top especially Oh, which mm-hmm. scene is it? Um, oh, I can't remember. There's oh the hand when Eleanor's oh, yeah. like squeezing Theo's hand as they're like listening to something terrifying happen, and then she realizes yeah. like Theo's across the room, and you know whose yeah. hand was I holding? And then it's like dun dun dun. It's like okay, <laughs> that's a little too much. Which is, I feel like Shirley Jackson, the thing I like about her is she's really good at kind of doing spooky things without it being, like, over-the-top or campy. Agreed. Like, I don't think there's any part of this book where I'm like, that's a little much. <laughs> Even though, like, in theory, like, and having actually seen movie adaptations of it, like, I feel like the scene with Theo and Eleanor when they're in the room, like, whatever, like, the first, like, big kind of spooky thing happens, where it's like, I said they get locked I've heard exactly how that plays out. Whenever like, there's like the saga where they're like in they're like in their rooms or they're sharing a room or and they get like stuck together and like really freaked out, which is like I think the first big scary beat of the book. Right. Um, and having it play out on film, it always comes off as really over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I will be curious to see if Netflix can adapt this and like. I mean, I have faith. Netflix is doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. This episode is not sponsored by Netflix, so. <laughs> um, I wanted to circle back around, because I mm-hmm. feel like Dr. Montague and Luke are so one notes. Oh, yeah. That, like, I loved reading into Eleanor and Theo's relationship, not only from, like, a, is someone attracted to someone, but, like, mm-hmm. do they even like each other? Like, at first, they kind of, you know, there's the whole riffing of, like, we're cousins. Yeah. Um, but then as it goes on, like, there's genuine animosity towards each other. Um, yeah. Which and always seems to get cut from the movies. But, like, mm-hmm. they definitely fight occasionally. Yeah. And it's, I remember, it's always, like, a real, I feel like whenever I come across it, it's always, like, a really sudden turn. Because even, like, the joking, even though I know they're joking about being cousins, there is kind of camaraderie there. Exactly. Where I feel like things get camaraderie-y, and then maybe it's to the point where, like, Nell starts seriously, like, projecting her feelings onto Theo, I think, is maybe when, the like, the things kind of start to turn, and they, like, actually start to get into, like, the fights and things. Yeah. Especially when uh, Eleanor and Luke, I guess, hang out by themselves. Where um, she's asking him to, you know, basically tell me a secret. One of the oldest flirting tricks in the book. Um, (laughs) And Theo seems to get annoyed. Um, But yeah, no, it was an interesting take. I don't know, because I've seen this as a movie first, like, all I could think of, Luke is nobody but Owen Wilson in my head. (laughs) I have the same um, problem. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> um, when I, and I don't think he's the heir in that that movie either. Um, no, that's but that's all I like could... about insomnia in that movie, right? That's why they were all invited. And yeah, they, they were doing a sleep study. This house is exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you need to see the '90s version just to. I'm really curious because in the original, it's still like a paranormal investigation, or maybe there's like a monetary prize in the original movie. I also might be mixing up which movies are which at this point. There juncture. is the haunting on the top of the hill or something like that, where it's like, yeah. if you can survive the night, you get a million dollars. Oh, that might be, yeah. Um, again, sorry, there's like a... I went through a bunch of like mo- horror movies based in houses earlier today. 
<laughs> so that's the only reason I can like remember that separation. No, I'm like really impressed. Yeah, I uh, like they're always just like a mismatch to me, and I need to remember which ones <laughs> are which. Um, um, and mostly because I remember all their 90 counterparts, where that <laughs> one starred oh crap, what's her name that played Teen Gray? Oh, I cannot think of her name, but she's married to Jeffrey Rush, and that movie's so bad too. Um, and Allie Carter, not Allie Carter, Allie something, who was also in Final mm-hmm. Destination, who was like in all the horror movies back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I have not seen her in anything at all. Um, yeah. So, would you guys stay in a haunted house for an entire summer? Um, depends on the house. And depends on who was on the guest list. <laughs> well, like, because, like, Dr. Montague, so, like, the, I'm not adverse to it in concept. And, like, I totally hang out with Theo. I think Theo and I would be, like, get along pretty well. <laughs> um, but, like, um, Dr. Montague, I feel like if he was the one extending in for invitation, I'd be like, I don't particularly need that plus i have like cats and i work and stuff <laughs> like and like i like my life so that's true who could take a summer break just to go and live in a haunted house for yeah potentially no money there was not really any discussion of that yeah um what about you heather would you yeah i so i think i like the idea of it and i wish that i could say yes but i know that i'm way too jumpy <laughs> to like ever handle it like i would just be like Yes, this place is haunted, and I'm crying all the time. I'm so scared. <laughs> I think I actually fall in line more with you. Or, like, my imagination's just, it's too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could be like, yes, that sounds so great. But I think in reality, I would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading uh, the Jezebel uh, website is doing their... Oh, yeah. Doing their true scary stories. So I've been going through all the old ones, and eventually... <laughs> freaked myself out to the point like I I have like 500 square feet in my apartment it's not a big apartment had to turn on every light for a couple hours I was like there are too many dark corners yeah uh I like thankfully I read it early enough in the day that by the time the sun went down I'm like chill again (laughs) though that thread has some really 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 creepy story I I like to think I don't really scare that easily because like I watch like a ton of horror movies and again, I also have like a small apartment where there's not that much room for like an axe murderer <laughs> to get me. And I have like my two cats, not that they're particularly great at protecting. I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely on my list of people when I'm like, is this movie good? Let's see if Alicia has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and about 90% of the time you have. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so is there anything else we really want to hit on with this book? Oh, I know this is, sorry, this is like an interesting thing in the beginning that I always like, it's just interesting that they did that. Um, When Eleanor is driving into town um, and she's at the diner getting like coffee, there's that little bit with the kid um, who like is sad because she doesn't have her cup of stars. Oh, yes. And Eleanor like has the line where it's like, don't let them take your like cup of stars. I'm actually really curious. I haven't looked into like feminist readings of that, love this um, of the book that much, but, like, I feel like it's definitely there. Oh, definitely. Without a um, doubt. Because, like, that, that line to me felt like a very, like, <laughs> thematic <laughs> nod to kind of, I don't know, feminist stuff, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, I definitely think, um, I studied this in a gothic literature class, and I cannot remember if anybody took a feminist take on it. I did not oh. because I do not have enough of a background or especially didn't like yeah. that. Um, but it is definitely definitely there. I mean. Or just something about the fact that like Eleanor kind of like has become I mean she's really young but they like play her as kind of like a especially in compared to her sister who like has like a husband and a kid and all of that. Like she kind of give that gave that up to care for their mother and like the caregiving role and all of that and her kind of like and now, like, being ill-prepared to kind of be in the world. I think at one point she straight up, like, has that thought about, like, how, like, she's, like, not sure what she's doing. Yeah, it is really questionable as to whether or not... 
her sister never makes a comment that she isn't capable of taking care of herself, but it's kind of implied in the beginning, especially with a car. Um, yeah. And when they call her at the end, there's no immediate, like, questioning if she's okay kind of thing. So Yeah. But then again, it's also back in the 50s where mental illness is like a big no-no and nobody has it. Or at least you don't admit it. Um, I don't know, Heather, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I do see all of those things. And I thought it was kind of strange that she perceived herself as so helpless when she spent so many years taking care of somebody else, her mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is a good point. When she was so capable, but like everybody treated her like, or well... Like, her sister, at least, treated her like she was incapable of making decisions, and she's, like, a 32-year-old woman who is definitely capable mm-hmm. of doing things. And if they trusted her with the responsibility to take care of her mom, but not with a car, it was just so strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, going back to potential feminist readings of this, and I feel like I should be much better at this game, because um, I went to uh, Bryn Mawr, and while I did not major in women's studies or anything, it was very much a, like, sub- genre is very much like in the world of my college experience um but like I wonder if part of it is um kind of her rejection of or not rejection but the fact that like she did this as opposed to get married and all of that and it's kind of like not seeing the work that she did taking care of her mother is like actual work so like she's not capable because she has not she has not she despite the fact that she does have all this lived experience like, it's not hitting whatever traditional markers. Right. Do you get what I mean? That makes um, a lot of so sense. So she's not seen as, like, trustworthy for a car. Yeah, but if you're not uh, raising kids by the time you're 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got less than six months. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely an interesting take. And, and the childlike nature of how everybody treats her does translate into the house the characters in the house mm-hmm. treat her that way too um and she also kind of does have a damsel in distress kind of vibe yeah internally yeah um and also mm-hmm. a lot of like underlying rage like i i saw it like when her relationships yes. with like theo flipped so quickly oh yeah and then like when she was finally talking to luke alone she's like oh he's like super boring and <laughs> like kind mm-hmm. of rude like but she is, like, also sees herself as, like, a victim of circumstance. hmm So, real question. Do you guys think she got possessed, or do you think she was unstable? <laughs> I'm not sure, and I really like the ambiguity. Like, I'm really thrilled but the fact that, like, there wasn't a clear answer either way. Right. Because you can see it from both sides. I mean, I do think that, like, I'm not, the. I guess uh, I'm more inclined to believe it was internal rather than external, but I do not like the, oh, Eleanor was crazy the whole time, and that's that. I think it's more just kind of like the situation was set that, like, you know, led to her dealing with a lot of unresolved issues that come with, you know, leading kind of an isolated life <laughs> and, like, no one treating you, like, or teaching you how to person, or not that she didn't know. But yeah, no, I think a lot of it comes from, like, she kind of doubts herself to such a degree, you know, and that kind of stuff. Right. So I do think it's more, I like it kind of for more of an internal, like, perspective rather than an external one also like all horror i feel like is better when like the horror in question isn't really like i mean it's not really about the scary thing it's about whatever metaphor or whatever other thing you know you want to talk about right um or at least that's why i like horror so i think it's more interesting i think that's a good take yeah yeah i agree with that i think i like that it wasn't clear cut and you're right it makes horror more interesting when it's not um, yeah, I'll go with that. I was going to say this time around, I, I like to think that the house got endured, but I think that's just the fact that it's October. And yeah. I think I want to go with the I mean, fact it's also that a great spooky house, I have to say. Like, yes. I do I do really adore, uh, Hill House is like my favorite spooky house. <laughs> I just think it's so good. Um, but that just, I think Shirley Jackson can write, like, descriptive paragraphs. Like, I don't know, she's so good at descriptions. <laughs> 
Yeah, she, I don't know how she does it. If you want to understand American Gothic, you have to start with Shirley Jackson. Like Oh, for sure. It is... I prefer it over Poe. I mean, everybody's always like, start with Poe. I can't. I can't. Poe's a little too over the top for me. I think it's because I tried to read Poe so young, and like... Yeah. You should not be reading Poe before probably middle school or high school and it's where I was like third grade let's try reading the raven this makes no sense so see I tried to read it in like middle school but like I read it like as part of like a very hardcore goth phase I had in my life (laughs) so like I just associate it with this kind of like very kind of shallow picking up the like hallmarks of like oh this is what goth like you know like kind of like dark and gothic and like weird stuff is without really like diving into it um so I'd actually be curious to go back to Poe um but I just think um I just even ignoring the thematic stuff and the fact that I like horror a whole lot I just think Shirley Jackson's such a talented writer she really not that Poe isn't though like I just like I again just adore the way that sorry that was my cat trying to jump up on something <laughs> unsuccessfully <Okay>. um <laughs> yeah maybe uh, give up on that dude yeah um but uh yeah I really like um I just think she's like a really good author is and, all of her uh, stuff dark gothic horror I have I've only read a few other things she actually has I've yet to read so it's weird because she's also written a lot I've only kind of read the um, gothic horror stuff. So, like, We Have Always Lived in the Castle is another one I adore. Right. It's, it's really good. If you, like, really enjoyed the gothic kind of elements of Hill House, um, We Have Always Lived in the, in the Castle is just, like, all gothic. Um, it's, I would say it's scary, but it's not, like, it's not, like, supernatural. It's just, like isolated weird family dynamics and like weird small town things and kind of like hell is other people kind of stuff <laughs> hell um, is other people. which is great um but she has also written and i get to read a lot of collections on writing so she um also was a mother i think she had like five kids and something uh, like that like her husband was like a new york times critic so she also apparently has i think a couple of like selected essays and like a couple of novels and stuff about that Okay. Um, which from my haven't actually read them perspective seem to not be like gothic. Like that seems to be a lot more like realistic, like uh autobiograph like autobiographical kind of memoiry stuff. Okay. I'll have to check. But I could be wrong. Um, have you either of you ever read the thirteenth tale by Diane Setterfield? Oh I have. No, what's that? Um sorry, Heather, did you say you have? Yeah, I've read it. Okay. Um okay. it's similar well, no, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe I just read both of them around the same time, and that's why I'm always like, these remind mm-hmm. me of each other. Um, it's a, Oh, that it, happens to you with books all the time. Uh, it's a modern gothic story that, like, is about a journalist, like, chrono, uh, chronolog- uh, the writing about, like, a woman that's down the road that, like, had a really weird life. Um, mm-hmm. That I think takes place around a house. It's probably been now ten years since I've read this book. Um, and it's got twins and ghosts and I'm trying to think what else. Uh, but I would recommend. I think you would like that. Oh, that sounds really great. Yeah. Um, Heather, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really liked it. Okay. Good. I'm... I would recommend it as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Do you guys have any other gothic or horror books that you would recommend people to read, even though by the time this comes out, you've got, like, two days left until Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to get the Halloween spirit uh, last year round. Um, I, yeah, so I really like um, We've Always Lived in the Castle. Um, on a separate note, I, like, literally just finished today, and I really, really like um, Her Body and Other Parties is a uh, short story collection um, by... Carmen, I forget the middle name part of that, Mikado, I believe. Did that just come out? Someone else was talking it about that It came out really recently. Um, I was on like the my library's waiting list for it for a while. Okay. Um, Someone else was A couple about. of things. Uh, one of the books from the, or one of the short stories from the collection is uh, The Husband Stitch, which I have 
Um, if you're like me and a sucker for lit newsletters, I've like seen written about and popped up like a ton of different ways. Um, there are a bunch of kind of spooky, weird uh, short stories that I could kind of see being Halloween-y, but I actually like, they're not, they're just really good. Um, if you like want weird kind of sad writing. Okay. <laughs> in a group of short stories. They're really good though. Uh, what about you, Heather? Um, yeah, uh, so I just read a book called Final Girls by Riley Saker. Oh, yeah. And oh, it was really, really great. I actually read it. Um, and it's I really just, enjoyed it. Did you read it, too? I did, yeah. I read it, um, actually, while I was on vacation recently. Oh, sorry, um, I didn't hear. Did you like it? I did, yes. Uh, sorry, you continue what you were saying. I'm mm-hmm. really glad to hear someone else like this, because I thought I was very much in the minority. No, I really liked it. I really like... Um, slasher horror movies so same (laughs) this was like perfect for me and I really enjoyed like because I've always kind of thought like what happens to these people after like all of their (laughs) friends are murdered (laughs) very true so it was kind of interesting to like have an examination of that yeah I um don't have a ton of people on my goodreads that have read it but like the first person I saw read it marked it as like one star because they hated the twist so much and, like, I was wow. really worried going into it. But it, I agree. I think this is a great book, especially, yeah, I love slasher movies. The Scream movies are, like, hands down one of my favorite series. Mine oh, too. my God. Yes. Scream's so good. <laughs> I have not actually seen the rest of the Screams, but I saw the first Scream, embarrassingly enough, for the first time relatively recently, and I I loved it so much. Oh, we need to do a marathon. You need to see all yeah. four. They're so good. That's, like, I my favorite I also love Nev Campbell as, sure. like, an aside. Have you watched the TV show, Heather? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I love this. I have two. I love this show so much. So if you like that, there's actually a TV show on Netflix. Again, not sponsored, but it's called Slasher. <laughs> I actually literally just finished season one of Slasher right before we started recording. Seriously? Did you like it? Um, It is twisted. Like, that is a Canadian mind that, like, I'm a little concerned about. Oh. It is a very... Alicia, if you've not watched this, it is totally worth watching, especially, like... Because I know you're also a Degrassi fan, so there's a lot of, oh, yeah. hey, that's, you know, so-and-so. Oh, um, I love, that is my favorite thing about watching uh, Canadian, <laughs> a Canadian television um, playing. Guess that, like, random Degrassi character. <laughs> Have you watched season two yet? No, I just, I didn't even know there was a season two until I got an email, and I was, like, psyched. And I actually <laughs> took off Halloween from work so I could go trick-or-treating with my kids. And so I'm planning to watch all of season two on Halloween. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, Slasher or Stranger Things is going to come up first for me. But I am really excited about Slasher Season 2, which is completely different than Season 1. Oh, I'm totally going to check out Slasher now. Yeah, it's... um, I cannot remember why we started watching it, but it's totally... It is. There's a couple episodes where we were like, hmm, we're going to have to stop and, and, and process what just happened. Because uh, they definitely go there. Yeah, I watched it last, I think, October. And no one has ever heard of it. And I'm always recommending it to people. No, I totally second this. If you ever need backup, just give me a call. Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, we... I, I totally didn't warn you about this, and I apologize. But every episode, we do a book club drink to go with the book. So, Alicia, since this is your book... Um, do you have a specific drink that it makes you think of or like, I don't know, a fifties drink to recommend? Oh, (laughs) I saw this coming too. I saw this coming, uh, and I forgot to prepare. It's all good. Um, I think, um, uh, because it's October, not that because of like global warming, it's not been really fall out. Um... I think a hot toddy would be great for this to kind of cozy up with. Um, And I need to think of a way to add some cool 1950s, you know, (laughs) elements to that. But uh, I think think... a hot toddy as the base cocktail. (laughs) No, I think that's actually a good idea. A good, strong whiskey tea combination. Yeah, I also think that's very fitting of the book. no. Yeah, which is, like, like comforting, it. but, like, intense. <laughs> when your house is stressing you out and maybe Jackson. trying to possess you, have a hot tea yeah. with some whiskey. <laughs> yeah. 
I like it. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know what? I have not asked what book we are going to read next. I am still, like, on vacation mode. It's it's pretty bad. Um, so, Heather, you get to pick the next book. Um, and I'm going to let you just pick it now. Like, which book do you want to read? Yeah. Oh, no. I know you I'm not gave some recommendation. <laughs> um, here, I can pull up the list really quick. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what books I wrote on there when I submitted it. Give me a second. Sorry, I should have given you a heads up. I actually honestly should have just asked you one book before. Um, let's see. Responses. Individuals. Here we go. All right. You had listed Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Uh, Home Going by a name that I am not going to try to pronounce. And The Handmaid's Tale. Um, let's do Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Okay. Alicia, have you read that? Uh, sorry, what book? I've Maybe in Another seen. Life? No, I haven't. So okay, I'm perfect. Getting... Perfect. So next we're reading um, Maybe in Another's Life. Is this YA? I know nothing about this. No, it's um, like a contemporary adult book. Okay. If you've seen the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, it's kind of got <laughs> oh, that feel to it. Oh, you have me sold. Maybe in... <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. All right. Yeah, by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes. Awesome. Sorry, I know you just said it. I just... Um... <laughs> nope, it's cool. So... I'm double checking. Awesome. I will not do that to you guys again. I'm sorry. Uh... No, fine. <clears throat> so that's what we're reading next. What are you guys reading that is not for a podcast next? Oh, boy. I have a giant pile of books. Um, <laughs> actually, I've yet to get started reading on this, but Gabrielle Union, better known as Isis from Bring It On has a book called We're Going to Need More Wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, which is literally by the side of my bed right now. I haven't started it yet. Did you go see her last week? I did. Was it awesome? I bring it up. She, yeah, yeah, no, it's really awesome. Um, she's awesome. Does she still look like she's 20? I swear to God, that yeah, woman does. <laughs> does not age, and it's not fair. I did not grab a picture of her outfit, because I always feel like it's really rude to take pictures at Q&As. I know people do it. I know it's not that big of a deal, especially because <laughs> it was at Alamo Draft House, though. I was, like, weird about getting my phone out. She had the most amazing velvet, like, dress and shoes, matching shoe situation oh I've gosh. ever seen. I, like, aspire to her outfit game. I'm going to have to see if anybody took a picture of this. I'm sure I put, like, a ton of people did take pictures. That is amazing, Sally. Yes, it was awesome. Uh, Heather, what will you be reading next? Yeah. Um, I haven't, like, picked up a new book yet. I have, like, 30 library books at my house right now. <laughs> um, but I've, I just started the audiobook of What Happened by Hillary Clinton. And she okay. reads it, so it's pretty interesting so far. Yeah, I've heard everybody that's, uh, that started it has really liked it, um, which to that extent is like, I listen to the Book Riot podcast and they really love it. So <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, I'll be curious yeah. to hear what you think. Yeah, I commute um, for work like an hour each way, Okay. so I've listened to like two hours of it so far, just one day worth. Oh, nice. But I like Very that she cool. reads it, so I really enjoy that. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of biographies and autobiographies when they are read by the person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just, I actually just finished, um, I, I'm not going to say the name of the title of this book because it's a slur I'm not comfortable using, but Laura Jane Grace, the, the front woman of Against Me, um, has a autobiography it's like a couple of it's been out for a couple of years but i just listened to the audiobook for that and it's amazing if you search laura jean grace uh you will get the book all right i'll have to see what that yeah. is um i actually just got the hate you give i've been on hold for it forever oh. and it popped up today and was like you're it's now your turn so that is really good <laughs> i'm excited it's, it's a bit fitting considering that i'm reading the book that temporarily knocked it off the number one spot again oh yeah so um speaking of where can people find you on the internet if you want to be found um all right should i start i guess um uh yeah i have a podcast called uh that gay shit 
Um, we are on the internet at thatgayshit.wordpress.com. We are found wherever you find podcasts. It's uh, three friends talking about pop culture uh, through a queer lens. Um, we are uh, just in the middle of our Halloween programming. We did an episode on um, Practical Magic, which is like one of my favorite movies, also based off a book. Oh, oh, this is an aside. I'm super excited for uh, the prequel, like, just came out, like, last week. Wait, what? The prequel to Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman, which is called, like, The Book of Magic or something like that. I'm about to enter, like, enter a phase, like, where I have to read certain things. And just happened. I need this not to just have happened, but now I need to write this um, down. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, I think it's called, like, The Rules of Magic. Anyway, that just happened. And uh, uh, next up, we're going to be talking about The Craft. So, and, like, Bride of Frankenstein. So it's, if you if you like uh, gay things or pop culture, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my podcast. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I've only listened to 10 Things I Hate About You. Episode. Oh, well, that so, one's a fun episode. Yes. So I need to yeah. catch up. I'm so behind on all podcasts. Yeah. Um, no worries. It happens. What about you, Heather? Oh, I don't have a podcast. This is my first time being on a podcast, so <laughs> I don't know how great I did. <laughs> you are doing amazing. Do not worry. Uh, do you have a blog um, or anything you want to promote? So I do have a blog with my friend. It's called thebestfriendbookclub.com. And we talk about books and take photos of our outfits. That's so. amazing. <laughs> and you could find me on Instagram. It's at webheather underscore. Uh, which is cool. one of my favorite and one of the more active Instagrams I follow. I definitely oh. enjoy your pictures. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, as for me, you can find me on I now have two other podcasts for some strange reason um Fable Elis is on a break while we get ready for season three um and I just started a handbook for a handbook for mortals with my friend James DeBrooker and we're going chapter by chapter through the quite controversial book a handbook for mortals um and I don't know it's fun. I make I like making him read things that he doesn't particularly want to, even though this was his idea. I'm very excited. I'm sorry, I'm not listening to the first episode yet. It's okay. This podcast, it's okay. It's um, he gives his ideas on what's going to happen next, which is amusing because not a lot happens in this book. So, uh, other than that, you can find judging book covers um, where podcasts are found. The website's judgingbookcovers.com. We're on. Facebook and Twitter at JBC Podcast. Instagram's Judging Book Covers Podcast. I just remembered I have an Instagram. Um, And outside of that, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys.